Hello and welcome to VIP Moments. I'm Bianca Likes and in this podcast brought to you by VIP Magazine, I talk to well-known people about those defining moments in their lives, from the most memorable ones to the most embarrassing ones to the hands-down most challenging ones. In this very first episode of VIP Moments, I talk to podcaster and broadcaster Sheila Schoeger. Sheila Schoeger. Welcome to the first ever VIP Moments. This actually is a bit of a moment. I can't believe it. Here we are. I know, it's great. <laughs> and even though we're not face to face, this is the beauty of this is the beauty of the pandemic. Oh, we I could know. have these chats remotely with people, whether they were down the road, like you in Dublin, me in Galway, or, you know, it was somebody in Dublin and you were chatting to somebody in the US and it felt like you were right beside them. So it's we can still have a lovely, yeah. interesting chat despite not actually physically being in the same room. Yeah, you're not in the room, but you're in my heart. And um, I, I, want, I want to imagine exactly where you are today so I, so I can see. So paint a picture with the stormy, oh, stormy wilds outside in the West. It's extremely wild today in the West of Ireland. Um, and I have, I have a pile of dishes <laughs> that I didn't get to wash up <laughs> from this morning. And I have the high chair out and... There's toys all about and it's basically your average, you know, living space with small kids. Um, and I had to prioritise doing it's some real. emails and doing some work. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I, like, I was like, yeah. will, I, will, I, will I clean up and get some work done? And a lot of people can't work in a messy space. Mm. I am not one of those people. I obviously <laughs> would have preferred, I would have preferred to have cleaned up and then got to work. But there were just some pressing emails that I had to send off. So I went, do you know what? I'm going to deal with them later. Come here yeah. to me. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, a bit of a curveball at you first. And I'm going to say to you, um, did you have a bit of a moment when you saw yourself and clean on the cover of November VIP magazine? I mean, oh, that must have, that like, must have been a moment. Whoa, there we are. Yeah, I'm still I'm still processing it, to be honest, because, you know, every time I go into the local shop, it's right there. And there I am back in my home village. We just moved back this summer and um, I'm still kind of getting to grips with life back home. And there I am on the cover of a magazine with my baby girl. Like, it, it, you know, I don't you know, they talk about pinch me moments. That mm. is a major, major pinch me moment for me. Mm. Because I suppose I featured in the magazine at different occasions down to the years, but I've never been the cover. So mm. Cleona is obviously the, the <laughs> she's the magic ingredient. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was, it's very special. Yeah. You know, she... Within, you know, within, within the month, was, within the month, she also turned one. So she wasn't even exactly. yet one. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, keep forever... Um, uh, magazines, you know, I mean, it'll just be gorgeous in in the future to be able to show it to her, and it's very special to document that yeah. time. Yeah. You know, it literally came out two days before she turned one, mm. so I, I just feel very lucky. It was a beautiful day. You know, you organised the whole thing, and you came to Galway to make it easy for for us, which I was really grateful for. Um, and I just think it all came together so well, and. It was just very special. You know, when would you get the chance to get these fabulous mm. professional photos taken? Not just that, but get glammed up with hair, makeup and wear lovely clothes. So I suppose it is it's it's one of the perks of, of working in the media business that, you know, on occasion you get to do really cool things like that. So, mm. you know, it's really, really special. And 
I'm very grateful. And as I said, I'm still kind of taking it in. It's yeah. it's it's gas. Like seeing yourself on the cover of a magazine. I know. It'll never pretty get cool. old. Pretty it's cool. lovely. Pretty cool. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. One of the perks of, of doing this job actually is that I, I get to meet um as well as the rest of the team on VIP, get to meet like absolutely amazing people and, and really interesting people and people that have lived, you know, just live life, not even interesting life, just are living life. Um and there was so so much stuff that you spoke about in the interview that was um thought provoking and so many great quotes that you gave. But my, my favourite quote of all was definitely um I was re- it related to Kleena, which was we've bypassed princess. Kleena is a queen. You know, and yeah. she's got this like, you know, queen energy. You know, I just love that. Yeah. I and yeah. I, I I'm not exactly sure where it comes from, but yeah. I just perhaps it's the it's the um you know, it's my own femin- feminist tendencies coming out there that I think sometimes when you think princess, you think, you know, it's it's the we're bombarded, I think, in society with the idea mm. that young girls are they're princesses and they're slightly submissive, maybe. And maybe I'm a bit getting too profound here and, and reading into it a bit too much. But I feel like, you know what, you know, let's just bypass that, and go straight to queen energy. You know, she's just she is just a little ball of of um, of joy, of of love, but also she knows her own mind already, and I love that about her. You know, mm. there's I I I think she will um she'll be forced to be reckoned with. You know, like we always say it in our house, she's the real boss. You know, yeah, <laughs> she's the real boss. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, you know, then you have to be mindful when you want something so much and you love something so much. Then we don't want to kind of kind of cause any harm by over going overboard either. So you're trying to find the right balance mm. of not spoiling your kids and, and teaching them what's important. But I think it's it's a playful thing at the moment. It's just she's the little baby queen, mm. you know, in the house. Um, you all, I don't know what that makes me. Am, is, am I queen mother? I don't know. But I, <laughs> you have to <laughs> but be. whatever I am, you definitely I, are uh, queen I'll mother. go with it. You, you have to perfect your wave now. That's next. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing you said was that, you know, you loved uh, that she had a bit of bite to her and that as a woman in the world, that you think you know we, we, women need that um, and yeah. I, I've used that myself since we spoke um, whatever it was three weeks ago um, and I've used it in relation to my own daughter and I've thought you know because you know she's got a bit of bite to her like and you know often you would you could think oh that's I don't know if that's a great thing like you know and but I haven't I've encouraged that recently having had that conversation with you because I think you're right oh, really? I think you, I think we do need a bit of bite you know um, I think so and I think I think the, the people pleasing um in us, not like it's obviously not just a female thing, but it's you, we see it more, I think, in girls and women that we tend to not want to rock the boat and um, play it safe or be afraid to say no. I mean, I was having this conversation recently with some friends and a friend of mine came came up with a great one. She said she was doing some course recently and one of the best pieces of advice that came to her was if it's not a hell yes it's a hard no. Mm. And often I think we say we say yes to things when we're really not feeling it inside. And it's about, I suppose it's about learning to tune into your body and your gut instinct. Like, you know, we all know the gut is the second brain and it's 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 so important to listen and tune into it. So if you're if you're kind of like not really feeling and you're you're going along with it for the sake of of keeping other people happy, it'll never be the right thing for you. And ultimately, it won't be the right thing for other people either. Mm. So I think, you know, and I think all of us are time poor. I don't think there's anyone in this world anymore that isn't constantly saying, you know, there are not enough hours in the day. And I, I'm always afraid of saying that because I feel like I really do believe in the idea that words have power and we're 
saying these things and am I by saying it, am I reaffirming the lack of hours? But I think time is precious. You know, the time we spend with people are things. So I try now to tune into it. But again, you know, from I, w- I was saying this to you recently, I think as a freelancer, when you're working independently, um, I have a tendency to say yes to a lot of things that at times I probably should say no to because mm. I sometimes <laughs> say yes to too much at the one time and expect to be able to do it. Um and, you know, there's another, I'm full of quotes, but there is another one that I love. It's, you know, you can do everything. Mm-hmm. You're just not at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. to that effect anyway. But yeah. I, I think we, we sometimes feel like, oh, yeah, I can do it all. And then you realise that it's, you know, eight o'clock in the evening and you're absolutely wiped. And then you have to get the head down and try and get work done while you're running down to, to put soothers in baby's mouths or whatever it might be. <laughs> and sometimes we just can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And that can lead to burnout. It can lead to feelings of overwhelm, which I have certainly experienced a lot of recently. So mm. I think it is important as women to tune in to know and and, and stand up. I would love, Cleana, to grow up to be kind and considerate and all those really important things. But I would also love her to be assertive. I'd love her to know her own mind and not be afraid to speak up mm. for what she believes in, whatever that is, as long as she's not hurting other people in the process, you know, be mindful of that. But I, I, I definitely, I would, my wish would, for her would be not to be a people pleaser because mm. the more I learn about people pleasing, the more destructive it is when you are a people pleaser. It's It really eats away at, at, at you as a person and it's no good for people around you either because people don't trust you. When you're a people pleaser, they don't know where they stand with you. They realise that you're just going to say and plumb them and say what they want to hear. But do you really want to be that person? I would rather disagree with someone morning, noon and night. At least I'd know where I stand with them and that they are you know, confident enough to stand in their own opinion and not bend for me. Um, I think that builds respect, mm. you know, when, when people are comfortable being themselves. I agree absolutely with you. Um, your gut is your second brain. That, that's brilliant. Did you did you come up with that yourself? Did you hear of that somewhere? I mean, that, that's class. No, yeah, it's, it's, it, is, it is spoken about, isn't it? It's, yeah. I suppose when you tune into the kind of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system, you know, we have our fight or flight response to a situation or we're in rest and digest when we're calm and feeling grounded and that's when we can operate from a place of response but when we're in fight or flight we're reacting all the time and you know that's where if you listen to your brain you know it's it's your actual brain it might be leading you down the wrong the wrong path but actually tuning into your body and and your that gut feeling how often do we get that feeling in the pit of our stomach you know uh, mm. right or wrong about something but you you know you want to do something um, but you've said no to it and your your stomach will tell you something else. You know, there's often that feeling and I suppose it's just tuning into your own intuition, your own inner knowing. But yeah, they speak about it as your, as your second brain. Um, and I, I really do believe in it because I think for a lot of people who suffer from maybe feelings of anxiety or stress, it can often manifest uh, in the digestive system as well. So it can disrupt how we feel. And, you know, I'm a big fan of that idea of, you know, the body holds a score that if you don't tune in and listen to your body um, and you go against that, you know, things will start to, you will have a certain amount of, of discomfort or disease within the body. So uh, I, I suppose I know the hard way, having been through illness years ago, um, that you really do need to tune into the signs 
and and the gut is one of the greatest indicators of you're on the right path or not. Mm. Talking to Deirdre Kane yesterday, um, we were talking about you know taking care of ourselves, and she was saying that she does or she tries to at least do meditation every single day. She tries tries to breathe properly and take you know five, ten, fifty minutes, whatever it is. And, you know, she was saying, you know, God's wallet to people that say they don't have the time. Nobody has the time. Nobody has the time. But you actually have to physically make the time. Turn the television yeah. on for the kids. Go upstairs. Take five, ten minutes and just sit down and fucking breathe. You know, and there's a lot to be said for it. Absolutely. And I mean, I suppose right now I feel like I'm the I'm the person saying I don't have time all the time. You know, it, it is a constant um, thing with me. But yeah, you do have to make the time. And even if it is just later after this, when I'm washing up the dishes that I I'm just doing it with awareness and taking a few deep breaths. Yeah. That's I suppose you're bringing yourself into the present moment all the time. And whenever you can do that, it it is obviously good for your body. It's good for your mind. And yeah. um, the benefits are there. But yeah, taking time to do it and making it, making it a priority is so important. OK, so look, let's jump into the moments, the VIP moments. And um, we'll go with the very first one, which is what, Sheila, is your most memorable childhood moment? I feel I have to apologise. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like I am actually standing in the eye of the storm. I'm so sorry. It <laughs> Maybe is particularly you are. wild in the West. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's particularly wild today. Apologies. When I think of childhood moments, I instantly think it's probably because it's the next thing for all of us. It's Christmas is around the corner. But straight away when I when I saw that, I was brought back to being a kid at Christmas. And for me, I was always amazed not not just by the presents, you know, the, it was lovely. It was obviously lovely to get the the, prezi, the prezies under the tree from Santi. But I was always fascinated with the piece of Christmas cake and the glass of whiskey and the carrot for Rudolph that had been eaten mm. by Santi and Rudolph. Yeah. And I used to stare at the cake and, and imagine that he was there. And I'm a very visual person. And I would imagine him sitting down at our kitchen table and taking a little breather and having his cake and having his little shot of whiskey. I know it's probably glasses of milk nowadays, but it was it was whiskey in our <laughs> in our house growing up and looking at the glass and thinking, God, his lips were around that match and he was in our house mm. and, and Rudolph was here and sure he didn't he feed him the, you know, the carrot. And I suppose it's just the magic of this, the simplicity of it and the magic of it will never leave me. And now as as an adult with two small kids I get to relive all oh, of that yeah. again with them which is lovely It's total magic and Cahill is five now isn't he so I mean he's he's peak peak Christmas Santa years like you just it's just the best crack ever Absolutely Okay well we'll, we'll change the topic completely and get rid of all the magic altogether and ask then um, your hands down most embarrassing moment So this is one of these moments that thankfully with the passage of time become something that actually makes me laugh. But at the time, I wanted the ground to swallow me up. So just to explain the backstory to this, um, I was in Galway. There was a spa thermal suite being launched in Galway and I was invited along to it. So it was an evening where, you know, it was like bubbles and canapes. And then you were brought on a tour of the the thermal suite and the spa and it was roasting and <laughs> so I'm ready laughing there's something I'm, I'm ready laughing go yeah. on go on yeah so afterwards the photographer decided in his wisdom to take the photos not before but after the tour so we all came <laughs> sweat, out shiny sweat. faced yeah 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 but 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 my wardrobe choice that night was seriously questionable. I thought it was lovely. It was like a silk, it was like a silk top. I got a monsoon. I had lovely like gem detail along the V-neck and it was really nice, you know. 
But then lo and behold, the following Sunday, in the Sunday Independent magazine, Life magazine, do you remember they used to do um, kind of your social pages at the beginning and they had a oh, section yeah. in it that said yeah. sack the stylist. Oh God. So yeah. I was in a sack the stylist not for my outfit choice but for the big sweaty oh, rings I had under my armpits. Oh no, that's cruel. They shouldn't have done it was, that. You I honestly thought I was do gonna, that. I thought I was, yeah, I thought I was going to pre- projectile vomit all <laughs> over the magazine when I saw it because a big, happy, innocent head of me Really shiny, not just from the makeup, but also the sweat. There I am, so innocently holding my glass of bubbles and two big sweat marks. I was like, oh no, oh Jesus. Because obviously the worst thing you can wear in a warm environment is silk and just (laughs) loves a bit of moisture. But yeah, and so obviously they put me in. Maybe they didn't like the top, but I think it was more to do with the fact that the, the, the sweat marks were a no-no. <laughs> oh, Jane, but I just yeah. thought that was, like, you'd never have that nowadays. No, like, it wouldn't. Thankfully they no, got rid of that because no, no, it was no. so toxic. It, yeah. I don't think anyone appreciated And I, every week I'd see whoever they were slagging off and I just thought, is there any need for that? I just thought it was always in bad taste. Um, but, like, that's where, thankfully, we've evolved in some ways in a good way, other ways not so good. But that is one of the good ways. Yeah. Those kind of things don't exist. No, they don't exist anymore. Um, in Irish media S- anymore. Slagging people in a very public forum is just not tolerated. Cancel culture. No. Um, uh, yeah, no, not allowed. Absolutely yeah. not. I mean, even but now it makes me laugh because I just think I was just so innocent. And it's amazing how at the time something like that can cause you such stress and anxiety. I honestly was mortified. I was so upset. What about Sheila? A moment that changed you forever. The biggie has to be, you know, being told you have cancer because it, there's kind of a, anyone who's been not just cancer, but anyone who's been through illness in a in a big way will kind of always speak of the before the before you and the after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the advantage of, of coming out the other side of illness is you are blessed with all of these learnings, you know, Um that really are priceless, to be honest. Um, so there definitely was a before Sheila, before cancer Sheila, and there's a before and there's an after, mm-hmm. you know, version of me. Um, because, and now I, I know it sounds strange, but every time I say this, I always feel like I have to explain why I say it. But I, for me, cancer was, was very much a positive thing in my life, mm-hmm. simply because I got through it. I was lucky that it was pretty straightforward now when I look back and... Um, I can just take all that I learned through that experience. And I suppose the reason it is, is it's so scary when you're told something like that. You instantly go to a very dark place in your mind. Uh, It's the unknown. It's the wow. I've been living my life in such a naive um, way where I don't actually think about perhaps not being alive. And then when you're given a diagnosis like cancer, you automatically think, what if what if this actually takes my life? What if? Mm -hmm. What if I'm not okay? Um, And, you know, as I said, I had two operations and I had treatment and it was successful. But, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty during that time. There was a lot of upheaval. I was in a relationship that ended um, as I was going through treatment. So I was it was a crazy time. It was it was huge Mm -hmm. change. And at the time felt horrendous. Yeah. It was like the worst. I, I remember. Did you have to be in isolation during a period of your treatment? Yeah. Mm. yeah I, 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 yeah, always, so I always I thought, th- think about that. And I always thought that it must have been so difficult. It was really weird. Mm. Yeah. So I was in I was in the Blackrock Clinic for a week in isolation because um, because I had thyroid cancer. 
they had, I had had two operations to remove the entire gland. Mm -hmm. But to make sure that they got everything, they had to kind of, I suppose, zap me, for want of a better description. Um, And the way to do that is to give you radioactive iodine. Mm -hmm. So you take it in capsule form and you're you're effectively radioactive. So even when I took the capsule, like, you know, they came into the room, it was like something out of E.T., like in the full, as, as we'd know now from maybe the pandemic, yeah. in the full gear, yeah. like, you know, oh, the ha- the sealed in. And this, yes, and sealed in. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> and, you know, this box is open. It's almost like you can see like the dry ice billowing out of it. Really? Not quite, but you know what I mean? Oh, um, and I had to take these capsules and I had to be on my own and away yeah. from other people because I would... If I was in to interact with somebody with a healthy thyroid gland, I would damage I would damage their gland or damage other parts of their body. So it was really important that I was in isolation. So it was fine. It was more just that I was boring, Mm. to be honest. I was lucky and I don't know whether it's just simply just the way I am. But I in my head, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to be vomiting and it's going to be awful. I'm going to be in all this pain. I wasn't really. I felt a bit off and it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Mm. Um, it was just that I had to kick back. To be honest, most people would think, God, you have to kick back in a room and watch TV all day. How bad? So it was just the boredom of it, really. So when when they served my meals, it was through a hatch in the door on kind of paper plates Mm -hmm. and they would they would put it there. They would leave and they would ring you and say your food is there. I had to go and collect it. And then when I was to, you know, bin everything that came into the room, they, you know, any time a doctor had to come in and and talk to me, they would tell me to walk right back to the back wall to be as far away from them as possible. So it's just a bit strange, really. <laughs> very more strange. Than anything else. Very, very strange. Yeah, and, every, and how old, and everything how old I brought were in you? With me. How old were you? Oh, uh, I was 32 when I got okay, cancer. Yeah, so 32, yeah, 33 yeah. during... The, yeah, I was still 32. And uh, every... Like, see, also I was very lucky that... You know, I, I know so many people who have gone through cancer, be it the same cancer or a different type when you have kids, mm-hmm. I feel really, really lucky that, you know, cancer came into my world when I wasn't a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it completely changes the the dynamic of it because I when I left the hospital, there was I had to follow precautions for some time. So I still had to like, you know, nobody could use the same toilet as me. Um, when I was using cutlery, I had to be very careful to use my own and separate it because I was there was still a level of radioactivity in my body for a period of time afterwards. Um, and certainly being around kids wouldn't have been an option after coming out of hospital. So everything I brought in with me, I could either take it with me and store it, say, in an attic and take it down after a number of months or I let it go. So I remember actively coming in and like the raggiest clothes I had. So um, I brought in a separate clothing to leave and so I was able to like let them go as it were and just you know discard of them because basically the majority of stuff I came came in with had to be um you know you couldn't bring anything you brought into the room would have to be burnt afterwards so crazy though it it was it was definitely a bit strange books dvds um yeah so it, it was weird so I brought in photos and I had photos in the room with me and I remember I'd never watched the godfather movies um, and I thought, what a perfect opportunity. So I had the the Godfather box set. So I watched the trilogy. It was amazing. I'd never watched yeah. it before. You know, the way yeah. you have these movies on your 
I will watch someday list and you know classic movies that majority of us have never seen you know um, we all have one or two of those and The Godfather was that for me yeah. so it was great I was able to kick back and watch The Godfather now bear in mind there was a lot of pausing because I was wrecked I was really tired so I'd, I'd watch half an hour snooze mm. wake up watch some more snooze you know that's really what what was going on that week but yeah surreal it was a very strange time that, yeah, um, and it, it allowed me a lot of time to think yeah. to be honest that is certainly an experience that would change you forever no doubt about and the aftermath mm. and I mean just having cancer absolutely change your your mindset for the rest of your life. It did because it did. you know what it gave me? The greatest thing it gave me is an appreciation for being alive. Yeah. And it made me realise that I was worrying about stuff that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time I would worry in a big way about stuff that is completely insignificant when something like cancer comes knocking on your door. So I've tried to stay with that. It, I'm not I'm not always able to achieve that. And sometimes I slip back into old ways and allow myself to get flustered by small things. But often I'm, I'm good at saying, why are you getting worried about this? Mm. Because you're here, you're alive. Every morning we are able to take a breath and step out of the bed and feel good in our body. We are blessed beyond belief. And anyone who's been through not just a physical illness, but any illness of any type, be it mental or otherwise, anything that's causing pain in your day to day life, you realise that all you want is to be healthy and well and the simple stuff that we take for granted each and every day. So after I came out the other side of it, knowing that I was had the all clear, um, I felt like I was walking on air. I mean, honestly, everything looked more beautiful. It was like I put on these HD glasses and everything just looked perfectly clear and everything smelt beautiful. Everything looked gorgeous. And it's that afterglow you get. And unfortunately, that does fade over time. So you kind of have to bring yourself back to it and remind yourself how lucky you are to be here. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the greatest gift that something like that has, has brought to my life, which is an appreciation for being here. And because then you're also faced with contemplating not being alive, it makes you appreciate being alive. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we often go through life not thinking about death because we don't want to, but it's it's a fact of life. We're, it's all going to happen to all of us. Hopefully, not until we're old and grey, but none of us know when that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're faced with an illness, you, you do automatically go there. Um, so it, you kind of confront big things that before then you wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought of. And then it allows you to maybe ask yourself, am I living the life that I want to live? Am I doing what I want to do? Um, and it allows you to kind of tap into what we were talking about earlier to say yes to the things you want to say yes to and say no to the things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So the, the next question was going to be at a moment you felt deep contentment. Straight away, what comes to mind is that moment after. And I know this is something that will make sense to some people and not to others who are listening. But for me, it was the moment that my babies were born, you know, Um they were both different birth experiences, but what what was similar about them was the fact that I, um, you know, I, I other than a gas and air, I, d- I didn't take any other medication. I didn't do an epidural or whatever. So I had a natural vaginal delivery in both of them. And that euphoric moment when your baby is is in your arms and they're here and you have, you know, had quite a tough time mm-hmm. to get them in the world. It's it's the bliss. Oh, my God, the bliss, that feeling of. Yeah. You know, wow, these these little humans are in the world mm. and they're and they're safe and they're well and you're just And they're tiny little faces and you look at these faces and you don't know these faces but you do. Oh, it's like yeah. you do? I know you. Yeah, I amazing. know you. You're mine, but you're you're mine for a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the tea and the toast and everybody talks about it, but it is, it's so nice. It um, is so nice. 
It's crazy. I mean, it's the, yeah, birth is, is bonkers, but, but beautiful. So beautiful. And it is, it's that bubble of, uh, I mean, I know not, not everybody gets that and depends on your own birth experience. I, I completely appreciate that, that I was very fortunate that I, mine were positive. But I suppose, yeah, it's just that feeling of, of, of contentment that definitely came to mind when I saw that question. Mm. Um, let's jump back into the career for a second and go back to your favourite TV moment. Yeah, well, I mean, I think my my favourite and proudest would definitely be the, the miscarriage documentary that I worked on um, that aired last year. So that was by far the most personal um, and profound TV project that I've ever worked on um, because it did require me to be fully myself and be very open and giving and and let people in on 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 how I felt about having gone through two miscarriages and then by me being honest, I suppose I was I was facilitating other people within the documentary who contributed to the overall telling of the story to to um, to share their thoughts with all of us as well. So uh, it's something I'm really, really proud of and definitely is is up there as, as a favourite TV moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked on a lot of really cool stuff and but definitely by far that's the one that comes to mind. Um, well, it's something that really because something that really mattered to you, and you yeah, you were speaking exactly. from your heart. And um, Sheila, another one of my favorite quotes from uh, the current issue of VIP magazine, which is currently on shelf, um, was where you said that vulnerability is your superpower. Like I just love that. Yeah, it's so strong, <laughs> isn't it? Though I mean, it's so strong. Yeah. It, it's it's so strong to be so vulnerable. You know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, you know, it's something I really admire in 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 others, um, because none of us know really what we're doing hundred percent of the time. No, we, none of us n- are perfect. N- we're all flawed. Ninety yeah, percent of the time, we haven't a clue what yeah, we're at. Exactly, winging it. Exactly. Yeah. So anyone who's trying to like fake it and you know fake fake it to themselves and to other people while there's a time and a place for faking it you know there's also a time to put the hand up and say you know I don't really know what I'm doing here mm. or uh, just I don't know what how I feel about this or I'm not doing okay or anytime you admit that you don't have your shit together excuse my language it's it's a it's a really good thing to do um I think for yourself self feelings of self-worth because you're owning you're also you're voicing um, how you feel. And I think when you are vulnerable, what you do for yourself is you empower yourself to step into that, which gives you a sense of of kind of grounding and strength. But also you empower other people to do the same. So if you're ever in company with somebody and somebody is 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 really speaking in a very real way about something, you automatically will feel more connected to that person because you feel like okay they know hardship or they know difficulty and now maybe I can do the same maybe I can show them that I you know don't know what I'm doing 100% of the time either um, so I think it does have that domino effect of, of helping other people to to say that it's okay not to be okay all the mm-hmm. time you know there's often times in my life when uh, I feel under pressure or stress and I think by voicing it, it helps. OK, well, I really do I'll, I'll voice this now then, OK? So um, I'll be vulnerable now. Uh, I hope I've done OK on yeah. my very first podcast for VIP Moments with you, the broadcast oh queen. Oh my God, <laughs> So I always say this about you, Bianca, because you know, you know the day that we spoke for, um, for the latest issue of VIP. Yeah. I said things to you 
that, and I, I have had this a few times with guests and I, I usually, and it's, it's, it, I'm sure for you as well, it's the same. It's when people come to you after and say, will you take this out? Will you take that out? Because it's difficult to edit around certain mm-hmm. things sometimes. But actually, it's a compliment to the person asking the questions, because if you have allowed your guests to open up in a way that maybe they didn't expect to or hadn't thought of doing before, that's because you're really, really good at what you do. Like I had told you stuff on the day that I hadn't any intention of saying publicly. (laughs) And afterwards I said, and I, I didn't like saying that, but I was I just wasn't ready to release it to the world. So I was saying. Would you mind if we took that out? And, and, but it's because you made it feel so easy and safe for me to open up because you're a skilled interviewer. I'm not a skilled interviewer. Really I'm listen. not a skilled interviewer. You're extremely skilled. You stop and what now, you do, you stop. I, did, I didn't, I didn't you say are. that to look for compliments. I just said I had no, no, a place but of insecurity. What, what, but I said this to you the day we spoke. What you do brilliantly is you really, really listen. And that is the, the greatest advice I ever got when it came to... Um, I remember asking somebody early days on TV, you know, what is your what are your top tips when it comes to interviewing somebody? And the answer I got was listen. Mm. Right. Well, we've nearly reached the end. I'm going to give you your final question now, which is um, a moment you can't wait for, for this podcast to be over, to put on the marigolds and to go about your life. Pick up Kleena <laughs> from from Crash Montessori and Cahal from school. Well, and as much as I love living in the tin of beans that we're currently living in <laughs> in the west of Ireland, I um, I can't wait till we move into the house. Um, yeah. It'll be so exciting. And I think the soon, we'll be getting in as soon as, as we possibly can. So even we were joking about it, but it's probably not a joke. Like even if we just have to buy one massive bed and the four of us hop in and we make do, we'll be getting into the house as soon as we, as, as soon as it's actually yeah. livable in. And wh- um, when do you think that will be? Well, I always thought I was the glass half full person in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think Damien is because he's like, no, February will be in the house. We'll be in the house of February. And I'm thinking, no, it's May or June, <laughs> maybe even July, August. So I don't know, but I, I hope it'll be before the summer. Mm. Um, I think I think February might be a bit ambitious, but I'm hoping it'll be before the summer. Or even if it is the summer, um, you know, Cahill turns six on the 2nd of August. Wouldn't it be lovely to be in the house before his birthday. So look, but again, you, you can't get too attached to these things because everyone who's built a house has told me, add another year onto that, add another year. You know, initially... No, you're, you're not adding another year. Months. You're not doing that. You're going to have to manifest the but shit out of it. You're going to have to manifest. It's, ha- it's, exactly. happening. it's happening sometime between February and May. Okay. Yeah, That's I'm it. Do a lot of arming, yeah. and chanting, and manifesting, all that. And affirmations, all that. and it's happening. It's um, happening. And I, I, so, yeah, I'll be, be down. I'll be down to do the welcoming party for for when you, for when you yes. move in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I would love that. And we have to shoot. But we we have a VIP gonna... shoot there. Yeah, at home. At home. Oh my Finally, God, at home with Sheila Shoiga in Galway. I would love yeah. that. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay. yeah, well, eventually, whenever whenever it's actually finished. But, um, you know, it's, it's it's an exciting time. It's 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 mad. I'm learning a lot at the moment. But I definitely think whenever that day is that we're in the house, there'll be such a feeling of of contentment. Yeah, that will that, be the that, uh, yes that we've got be, there. That'll be a massive feeling of contentment. Lots of afterglow, yeah. um, postglow, the lot. It'll all be there. Big Listen, time. thank you so much um, for your time. Um, thank you so much for being the fabulous cover of November issue of VIP magazine with the absolutely queen that is Kleena. And oh. um, happy Christmas. Oh, happy Christmas. And thank you so much for, for having us and for the chat. I've absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah. And, it's, you know, it's funny. They always say people who do interviews don't like to be interviewed, yeah. but I've actually really oh, enjoyed no, it. Oh, no, you probably haven't. Stop. 
I have. I have. I have. I've even surprised myself. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, Sheila. Thanks a million. Soon. Thanks a million. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you very much, Sheila Show again. Thank you for opening your heart once again to VIP Magazine, to VIP Moments, and to me, Bianca Likes. And thank you to you, our listeners, for listening. The current issue of VIP, with Sheila and Tina on the cover, is still on sale at the minute, with loads more content inside, including a gorgeous shoot and interview with the On Plus Book Award winners, Gina and Carol of The Daily Dish. <laughs> <laughs>